Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Real-time crime. An iHeartRadio podcast. social sleuths welcome back to real-time crime i'm your host leah lamar and today we'll be discussing the lauren smith fields ruling brian laundry's confession tamla harsford a woman threatening to bring guns to school if her child has to wear a mask and more (laughs) okay you guys i just want to let you know teddy is still on vacation we are very jealous aren't we dimitri must be nice must be nice we've i think she hasn't recovered from the fanny pack mishap so she's out looking for it (laughs) We've upgraded sometimes, Dimitri, to just regular Dimitri. (laughs) Almost regular Dimitri. But lucky for us, we have a guest host today who's a dear friend of mine, and she's absolutely hilarious as a sketch performer, actress, stand-up comedian. You may know her from a very long list of credits, and I'm just still learning how to read, so I can name a few of them. How I Met Your Mother, Jimmy Kimmel Live, The Comedy Get Down. She's featured for Martin Lawrence. She's toured with Cat Williams. She's the winner of the She Devil Festival and the American Black Film Festival Comedy Wings competition, which was sponsored by HBO. And she's performed at JFL's New Faces. It's Daphne Springs! What's up, everybody <laughs> out there? Hey, Leah. Hey, Dimitri. What's up? <laughs> Daphne, first of all, let me just say, I think you're the only person to ever come on this podcast and wear a color. So thank you so much. Um, <laughs> we yeah. always wear just black or white. <laughs> it's very you, bleak. You know what? I think that's a comedian thing, too, because we love to wear all black. I love to look like I can stalk at night and then just show up at the party and also look like I work at a place. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say that when I came on to the pod this morning, the first thing I said is no one commented on the fact that I'm not wearing a black turtleneck. And you're wearing a white turtleneck. I'm wearing a white turtleneck. But yeah. also you said it in the first like three seconds. The, the, like the, the thing, the camera popped on. And she goes, I can't believe no one said anything. <laughs> like, Whoa. Well, I just need as much attention as possible. You know that. I think the first crime we can address today, by the way, is how I drew my eyebrows on. But we can get to that later. I, you know, it's like they say they should be sisters, not twins, but they shouldn't be like two different species. <laughs> I don't know what I've done here. Anyway, Daphne, hello. Thank you for coming on today. Um, so just give us a we'll give us the us a little backstory about how we met. Did we did we meet during the pandemic? Yeah, we pandemic meters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this might be one of the only relationships that still lasted throughout the pandemic. <laughs> yes, because we didn't actually, you know, date. Uh, yeah, of course that lasted. Uh, you could just last on regular friendships during the pandemic. <laughs> just dating was just horrible. Yeah, yeah. like so. This is what it's like to meet someone and not hook up with them. How dare you, Dimitri? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Um, officer, please arrest this man. Okay. So yeah, we met during the pandemic. Uh, Daphne, you dazzled me with your comedic abilities <laughs> immediately you're hilarious okay also questions for you do you have any true crime 
cases that you love or anything that you think is booming right now that you're super interested in? Uh, I would. I love the show Snapped. Um, <laughs> just in case I'm ever put in a situation where I have to kill somebody, I want to see all the things that people are doing wrong. So I make sure that I don't do the wrong thing. You know what I mean? So it's a yes. way of getting in the mind of crime <laughs> just in case you ever have to break it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> This is literally, yeah, this is my explanation as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I need to know exactly how I might be killed so that I could be prepared for every situation. Yeah. And I've already proposed that it's best that if women kill naked, because one of the major (laughs) rules is you should never kill somebody when they have their back turned to you. They always have to be forced facing you. So in order to continually get that those eyes on you it's best to be naked and and kill because people just can't think about it. You can't keep your eyes off of someone that's new. (laughs) Okay. So I need to stop sleeping in pajamas is what you're saying. All right. Okay. Good one. Thank you for the hot tip. Love that. Okay. Also, Daphne, you have a huge presence on TikTok and we do see a lot of true crime on TikTok as well, which is wild and interesting. What do you love about TikTok? What was your first video? Tell us a little more about your TikTok experience. Uh, my first TikTok was just basically just taking all my other content that was on other platforms <laughs> and just putting it on there and just building a new audience from it. But one thing I do love about uh, TikTok is a portion of it has become about true crime. You have people that are really cracking the cases. And if they're not cracking the cases, they're giving national exposure to things that we would have overlooked, which is one of the cases we're talking about today. Yes. And we first noticed it during the Gabby Petito, Brian Laundry case, which we'll be talking about later. But I think that sort of exploded the true crime genre on TikTok, which is pretty pretty great we're very excited about it okay also i just want to say tiktok is wild i had 400 followers on tiktok last week not to brag and then (laughs) i posted a crowd work video and now i have 36,000 followers wow i know know 36k isn't like you know anything to write home about but still i was like okay i've been working 10 years to grow my instagram i just hit 40k and i'm about to surpass it in one week of being on tiktok same for me because the TikTok I'm at two million versus Instagram five hundred and fifty four thousand. So it, it you can't surpass it. It's so hard because you know what you think about it is like that's a lot of followers, but then you may have somebody looking at your following like thirty six thousand. That's a lot of followers. So it just depends on the tier and who's looking up to you. Yeah, yeah. That, I guess it's all about perspective. <sighs> anyway, um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into some hot topics for today. And this is a TikTok murder. Well, a murderer allegedly. Oh boy. <laughs> There's that word again. Alleged. This is what the this is what the podcast should be called. Allegedly. I mean, I it's the only word I forget to say all the time. Anyway, so allegedly a murderer who was also a TikTok star. So we have heard about this case a while ago from Jin Kid. If you want to give him a look up on TikTok, it's J-I-N-N-K-I-D. And his TikTok was already populated with sketches of him as Scarface and several other bad boys. Anyway. Killers. (laughs) Yes, precisely. Okay, so he's been accused of murdering his wife and also another man, Ali Abu Laban had a number of outbursts during the continuation of his preliminary hearing. He interrupted San Diego police detective Christopher Leary's testimony as he uh, as his attorney questioned him regarding the relationship between him and his wife and Raymond Barron, who was the other man. He was also fatally shot. So detectives say that the video showed him going to his estranged wife's apartment. Yes, she wanted a divorce, followed by the round of six gunshots. So it was revealed in court that they actually did have a very rocky marriage prior to the shooting and she wanted to leave, a.k.a. the divorce. And days before the shooting, he actually moved out of their apartment. And just before the detective finished his testimony, this guy has another outburst prompting the judge to call for a break and he's been escorted out of the courtroom. 
Now, I haven't been on trial before, but is that's what you're supposed to do, right? Have an outburst <laughs> and, and cut off the judge and, and kind of make that, it like show that you're angry, right? That's what you're supposed to do if you're trying <laughs> to get a, a misfit trial and basically <laughs> claim insanity for shooting two people close range, uh, close range in the face. So, yeah, if you want to try to claim that, absolutely. You should just start, ah, I killed him. No, I didn't. You should just be yelling out crazy stuff during the trial. <laughs> okay, so what's my excuse when I do that in my bedroom? <laughs> uh, <laughs> basically, you want to kill the sex. You know what I mean? Stop it. I'm over it. I yeah, still I think haven't this- come. I think this is why I'm single, but I'm not sure. It also may be why guys keep coming back for sex. They're just like, she's so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. End of sentence. Um, Yeah. Go back to this. (laughs) uh, At the end of the preliminary hearing, the judge determines that he will stand trial on murder charges. Okay. So I think all the evidence is pointing to perhaps that there may be a homicide involved <laughs> allegedly really trying to tiptoe around this one but i think if you're having outbursts um while standing trial not a good look it's just not a good uh, look. i think too is because the type of outburst that he had he said you think i wanted this my whole life is ruined because you allegedly shot two people in the face you ruined your own life so it's like a part of narcissism it's like are you serious like you you potentially committed these crimes and they were premeditated i actually have a spyware set up in your house dimitri <laughs> well <laughs> is it weird that i'm attracted to this guy he was <laughs> handsome though and then i did like his impersonations i was like okay you can break all of that but. Yeah, and I've always wanted to have a conjugal visit. Could it be with someone that <laughs> stole something from a store? So does it have to be someone who was allegedly committed a double homicide? Wait, wait, wait. Daphne, can we go back to the fact that you installed spyware? <laughs> <laughs> and then we're talking no. about talking. <laughs> I never did it. This guy did it. I've stalked. I just use my regular body as the spyware. Um, I'm not that <laughs> technical savvy where I would just like have an iPad set up. To me, that's investing too much when I can just invest myself in my time so what, and what it costs me nothing but gas money. What did you do? And did you um, find what you were looking for? Yeah, I found what I was looking for. I remember one time the, the worst I've ever been is hiding in bushes <laughs> and looking through windows. And I know it fueled me enough to if I had access to a weapon. I probably would have used it, but thank God I didn't have that accessibility. That's why people shouldn't be allowed to buy weapons. And so we were in the bush. How close were we to the house? Um, I peed on myself a little bit because I, I started to see stuff and I really had to go to the bathroom, but I couldn't stop looking. So I was pretty close. Uh, I would say about 10 feet because you don't want to get too close and then you're busted and then rumors are starting that you're crazy. You want people to find out you're crazy on their their own and not from hearsay. Yeah, because from 10 feet away, you can just be like, oh, my gosh, I was just peeing in the bushes. I didn't even realize that he was in there having sex. Yeah, peeing near his house is just called marking your territory. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And okay, and this only happened one time? Um, I have no recollection of the other times. Um, <laughs> my attorney told me not to speak on it. Uh, so I just think we should move forward. <laughs> you know, what's so interesting. I have thought so many times about doing a drive by, you know, when you just know that something's going on. Yeah. You want to just catch them. And then I just never did it. And I really regret not doing it. But there's still time for me. I stopped doing it because L.A. traffic was really bad. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's not worth an hour and a half of time. And to be sitting back just thinking about all the stuff that pissed you off and another car is standstill stopped in front of you. So it was just like the time travel for me. That's it's awkward. Me it's that. awkward when you're beeping awkward. and leaning out the window and yelling, I'm missing the foreplay. Let's go. Move it. <laughs> I think it's time for us to move on to our next case. And we had talked about this case last week, and I am actually confused about what I'm about to read to you. So I'm just going to follow up on this case right now. So 
Lawrence Smith Fields, who we spoke about last week, she died after her Bumble date, and they have now ruled her death accidental, which allegedly no one believes. Okay, so her relatives believe that she did not die from an accidental overdose and that this demands a more exhaustive investigation of what happened. And the family's lawyer says this looks a lot like manslaughter. It looks like murder. And they need to start acting a little faster on this. And they said that she died of acute intoxication due to the combined effects of fentanyl, which I believe that we predicted last episode. Mm -hmm. Fentanyl, promethazine, hydroxine, and alcohol. So her death was ruled an accident. And I think that this is kind of an astonishing ruling for a lot of people because it doesn't at all seem like that. And it doesn't seem like they did exhaustive research at all. In fact, I'm not sure if they ever even interviewed Matthew LaFountain, who was her Bumble date and the Mm -hmm. last person to see her alive. And the evidence looked a lot different from the story that he was telling officers. So, I, I mean, it, I don't. Isn't that where you start? The last person to see her alive. Isn't that where you start with the with the you know investigation? Well, so do you do you guys think foul play is at hand here? Absolutely. Uh, and looking at Matthew Lafontaine, I think that he is the prime suspect. Right. He has the attractiveness because when I looked at his first looked at his photo, I was like, oh, he kind of cute. I was like, no, bitch, swipe left. You know what I mean? Don't get caught into his looks. Daphne, and also, do you look at Dimitri and see something similar? <laughs> damn, now that you say it. Oh, my God. I'm not 37, though. So I'm, I'm, I'm over the hump from that perfect uh, serial okay. killer rage. OK, OK. Uh, I missed my you, prime. You aged yeah. out. You missed mm-hmm. your prime. OK. And also another serial killer trait is superficial charm. And if he was able to report and call the police and the police are like, oh, this guy, he's a really nice guy. This guy has superficial charm. And also, I will say this, ladies, when you're on these dating websites, never trust a man who has a hiking photos. He know where to hide a body. <laughs> this is exactly what happened when the police stopped Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie. They literally fist bump him and like, eh, he seems like a good guy. No. Superficial yeah. charm. Yes. Hikers, out, outdoorsy men, and sorry, Dimitri, but bald with a beard, is it's never the right look. <laughs> well, Screams. And, and they're also intelligent. Oof. Oh, see, this I'm not intelligent and I don't hike, so we're good. <laughs> I just lost my hair. That's not a crime, Leah. You lost it? Did you check the lost and found? <laughs> no, it's, it's with Teddy's <laughs> fanny pack. It's gone. <laughs> It ain't coming back. Um, yeah, but, but I think it's pretty clear that there's foul play, uh, allegedly. But the oh, question wait, is, is it foul play or were they like partying or did he slip or something? Like, did he did he intend to kill her type of foul play or was he just drugging her? Or what do you think happened there? But you still know, drugging somebody is still considered foul play. Here's right. the thing, right? Um. Another thing that they was mentioned, he said he claimed that they were drinking tequila and that her brother showed up and she went outside and got a package from the brother and went in the bathroom for 10 to 15 minutes. And me as a black woman, if I went to go get some cocaine that might have been laced with fentanyl from my family member, I would feel comfortable doing it in front of a white person. I wouldn't feel comfortable in front of a black man, but I would feel comfortable in front of a white man. So that leads me to believe that it was foul play. Because I'm like, why would you not be comfortable in front of a guy with a hiking photo? (laughs) I also think it's rude she didn't share, you know? Very, very. (laughs) Well, they also said, right, she went in, she went in the bathroom. And then at some point he said they went from tequila to more tequila, but with mixers, right? And so, he also said she went possible, to the bathroom and vomited. Right. Is it possible he's he slipped something? Why I mean, why do you just and passed out? Yeah. She passed out and he picked her up, took her to the bed, and fell asleep next to her. He woke up, she had a bloody nose and wasn't breathing. This is not adding up. Like And when the family went to the apartment, they saw blood in the middle of the bed, 
spreading out to the right. And if mm-hmm. they're both on the bed, why would she be in the middle where the blood is? Oh, and that makes that that makes perfect sense for foul play. It does. Also, the other thing is it's almost feels odd that he would bring up the detail and then she got something from her brother and then went to the bathroom and she was in there and then came back out. And it's, when all, you're ju- it's like he created an alibi for himself. Absolutely. And guess why? He had plenty of time to do it because they didn't even uh, really pay attention to this case until six weeks later. And, and let me just say this. 10 to 15 minutes in alcohol time. How was you able to measure time so well? Because when I drink, I don't know what time it is. 10 to 15 minutes, I would have been like, she was in there two hours. I would have known down to a minute. <laughs> That's suspicious. Also, let's be honest. If she was having cocaine laced with fentanyl and she went into the bathroom, did it, and came out, she would have probably passed away much faster. In the bathroom. Yeah. Because if, if your stuff is laced with fentanyl and you get killed from the fentanyl, you usually usually die where you stand. Yeah. You're you're I mean She wouldn't have made it out the bathroom. No, exactly. So that's what leads me to believe it that there might be some foul play. Absolutely. Any, any foul, final thoughts before we move on to our next case for today? I just feel like they need to take his account off of Bumble. Because if he's still getting swiped on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break before we head into the next case. We'll BRB, get a cup of coffee, have a glass of wine. You'll need it for this next one. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. She's a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to Real Time Crime, my friends, and social sleuths. Also, if you're enjoying our new episodes, make sure to let us know on social media. We're on Instagram at Real Time Crime Pod. I'm Leah Lamar. You know Dimitri Pappas. We've got Daphne Springs here. We'll talk about this a little later. And of course, our dear Teddy Mellencamp. Let us know your thoughts 
And if you have any ideas about cases that you've loved or anything that you've heard so far that you also have some thoughts on, we want to hear them. DM us. We'll respond. Just, you know, don't be a weirdo. Okay. This next case. Virginia woman arrested after gun threat over school mask mandate. Okay. (laughs) Virginia police say they arrested a woman on Friday who threatened to bring loaded guns to her children's school in in protest of a mask mandate during a school board meeting, prompting school officials to increase security. Are we sure this is in Orange County? Okay. (laughs) I'm just like, okay. The parent... Amelia Ruffner King was charged with making a verbal threat while on school property and released by a job. A job? Am I okay? Okay. Um, can I plead it? <laughs> released by a judge on a $5,000 bond. The Luray Police Department said, No mask mandates. My child, my children will not come to school Monday with the mask on. All right? That's not happening. King told the school board during a comment period on Thursday, and I will bring every single gun loaded and ready, she said, before being cut off because she had passed the three-minute speaking limit. (laughs) I didn't understand why they cut her off. It's like, let her continuously incriminate herself. That's why it was so easy for her to come up with a lie and claim that's not what she meant because they cut her off. And you know what? I know she had guns and she was talking about real, actual metal guns with ammo. It's because she was so calm. People who will shoot you, they never be like, I kill you. That's people that ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> Anybody that say, hey, I'm bringing my guns and I'll see you Monday. Hey, Monday, you better disappear. <laughs> <laughs> but Daphne, imagine someone being on stage at the comedy store or the laugh factory, the improv, and they're actually telling a joke about how they murdered someone and they get the light. And they're like, oh, well, I guess you will have to wait until... <laughs> my next section we never get to hear it yeah if you're up next you're like that's okay i'll take time out of mine let them finish okay (laughs) we were just about to get the confession (laughs) come on oh boy okay and as she turned to leave she told the board i'll see y'all monday she then emailed the school board to say she didn't actually mean to threaten violence (laughs) um i in no way meant to imply all guns loaded as in actual firearms did she just mean these guns yeah, metaphorical <laughs> guns, guys. Come on, stay with I me. I pointed to my non-existent muscles for anyone who can't <laughs> see this. But uh, rather, all resources I can muster to make sure that my children get to attend school without masks. My sincere apologies for my poor, ch- poor choice in words. Uh, the police department said she's cooperating. Um, <laughs> I, I bet her husband was like, why did you do that, honey? She's like, but they're trying to make them wear masks. Now... I, I would say I agree with her parenting skills, like because I'm that type of cu- uh, uh, parent in the future where I'll show up to the school and be like, yeah, and I'll come back Monday with my guns loaded. But I'll do it if you're bullying my child. But I'm not going to do it over a mask. But to each his own, you can't tell somebody what's important to them. No, I think I'm also going to be gonna kill nobody. She was just basically saying, I'm going to let y'all know that I stay ready. So. <laughs> You just got to know that school shootings are a sensitive topic. So absolutely wrong. Poor choice of words is not is not even doing what she said justice. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, she spelled it out pretty clearly. (laughs) I feel like if she goes to jail, she'll probably be like a mob boss in there because she's already like on some Ozark type of, you know, the wife on Ozark. She's already Marty Bird's like wife, ride or die. She about that life. Yeah, I'm surprised that she's not passing out drugs to kids and really just starting them young. <laughs> she seems like the party's at her house and she's like, hey, you never had a beer before? You're a wimp. Like, damn, I'm only 10. Yeah. She's like, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Hold my gun. It's like, what? Um, this reminds me of the Chris Stefano 9-11 joke. Have you ever heard it? No. Oh, nothing makes me laugh harder. If you're listening to this episode, just you can hit pause, but don't. But wait till the end of the episode. But Google Chris DiStefano 9-11 joke. It's at the Comedy Cellar. And he talks about how he gets expelled from school and his dad was a straight up mafia boss and walks into the principal's office (laughs) and basically just threatens 
the principal so that he doesn't get expelled from school. He gets unexpelled from school. And I'm like, you know, I kind of wish I had a parent like that. Just someone who really had my back, you know, someone to make real threats for me. (laughs) Just no one, no one threatened people for me. So I don't really feel like I was loved. I feel like you just didn't get in trouble. So what was the threat? That's correct. I feel feel like Leah might have been a bully. The threats came from inside the house. You were the threater. (laughs) You was the person threatening people. You know what's so funny? First of all, if you do this again, I'll call the cops. See, like, you know what? If you go call OB, I can't even stand up for you. (laughs) Yeah, I was I was the Karen in my own household. Uh no, you know, I was actually a really good kid. I was very afraid of my parents. And so I never wanted to do anything wrong. And now I just feel like that's why I'm so rebellious as an adult. I wish I had gotten it out in my teens. I wish I'd gone to jail as a kid. Just for one night, so I could have just been like a normal adult. I don't ever wish to go to jail. You on your own. <laughs> I've been to jail. My mind is fun. a prison, Daphne. <laughs> you know who says I wish I had gone to jail as a kid? Someone that's never been to jail. Okay, because I've been it. I don't want to go back. Wait, wait. You know, I've been to jail. And the thing that bothered me, I went to county jail. I did 12 hours hard time. And the thing that bothered me the most about there is that when they served you your food, they gave you a bologna sandwich and they gave you cookies and they gave you mashed potatoes, which is not a complete meal. But they <laughs> they will put all this on a wet food tray. So imagine the bread absorbing the water, the cookies absorbing the water and the mashed potatoes rejecting the water. It was just a recipe of a disaster. It was enough for me to never want to go back. If the food was good, I could go back to jail because I feel sure. like I'll get a lot of writing done. Okay, so just to be clear, what's the difference between 12 hours hard time and 12 hours soft time? Um, 12 dry, dry hours <laughs> twelve hours hard hard time is I stayed up all night like this. Like, nobody better touch me. <laughs> and people was like, hey, we only in here for a day, too. I'm like, yeah, but I got to watch my back. <laughs> they were like, uh, no one cares. Yeah, no. they're like, we're just in the drunk tank. Could you <laughs> yeah, calm down? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Stop shouting. I Wait, got so- in a fight with my boyfriend. It was people. It wasn't me. I was actually disturbing the peace, but somebody else had gotten in a fight with their boyfriend. Uh, somebody did wrote some bad checks. So it wasn't. It was none. And none and were we ten cars. feet outside our ex boyfriend's house when we got caught by the police? <laughs> no, this is me uh talking crap to a police officer, and she showed me that she was a police officer. She really had no real grounds to arrest me because I just basically was heckling a police officer. She was like, "Oh, <laughs> you want to heckle me?" She was like, do you like bologna sandwiches, cookies, and mashed potatoes? Because we can go. And you're like, let's do it. She wow. Tell you about the tray. No greens, I noticed, in that meal, huh? Nope. That's why <laughs> everybody in jail got a fat ass. Damn. Well, don't let the secret out. There are going to be a lot of women suddenly <laughs> lining up to get in. So Instead of going to Dominican Republic, huh? Yeah, or instead of instead of getting ass implants, they're like, I heard you get a really fat ass in jail. Uh, <laughs> Just a line of white women. Okay, so <laughs> cats out of the back. Wait, so Daphne, why did you go to jail? I, like, did uh, you, she stop you at I a told tr- you just like, starving to piss. No, no, like oh. did did she like randomly did you start shit on the street or did she pull you yeah. over? No, starting something walking. I was walking. I got arrested walking. So basically it's <laughs> Bill Street in Memphis, Tennessee. And it was this black guy out there. And I thought I was going to be an advocate for him. He had a big snake. And it is, was like is that a code for something? snake. No, it wasn't. It was, it was an actual real reptile, a snake. Right. And I mean, that would be cool if it was a code. Like, no, let him have his reptile out. No, but uh, he had the snake and people were, were taking pictures with the snake. And the police officer came up and she was talking to him very rude, especially for him to be a black entrepreneur and him out there having business and a business savviness. I just felt like a Karen and I should stand up for this man. And I was like, she was like, get that shit off the street. And I was like, you don't need to talk to him like that. And next thing I know, she grabbed my wrist like this. She said, oh, you want to be in other people's business? And I was like, let me go. And she made me sit in the cop squad car 
so that I went to jail. Because see, if she would have just took me immediately, I wouldn't have went to jail. But because um, she uh, she made me sit in the car until after midnight, I couldn't get out until later that day. So I did 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you really a comedian if you've never been arrested, you know? Okay. <laughs> so I'm not a comedian yet is what I'm trying to say. So everyone better watch out because I'm on one. <laughs> All right. Time for us to move on to the next case. And this obviously hits very close to home because this is how we started the podcast. Our very first episode ever was based off of this case. And this is how the entire podcast came to fruition was through the Brian Laundry Gabby Petito case. And we finally have a resolution thanks to forensic work as sleuths continue to push for evidence to be released. And now we know what was in the mysterious notebook that Brian Laundrie had, which was submerged in water in the swamp in the depths of Florida for weeks. And they did find a handwritten confession in the notebook. And he is the killer of Gabby Petito. So the FBI issued a statement last week confirming that he admitted to killing his girlfriend in his suicide note before fatally shooting himself in the head. Ooh, okay. Um, you know, this case obviously rattled a lot of people for a variety of reasons. And this was very needed and necessary to have a resolution because for so long we just had alleged thoughts that he was the murderer, even though he committed suicide. He was probably the last person with her. We didn't really know what was going on. And so I'm glad we have closure on this case. And when the evidence containing Brian's phone, gun, and notebook were found, it seemed inevitable that they would finally have answers in the case, said the detective. And they found cell phones, laptops. They're all amazing investigative tools because obviously people use them for communication. And it was a telltale sign that he was pretending that she was still alive and giving the impression to people that, you know, she was still on Instagram and she was still communicating with family that way. So everything that we actually thought was right. And it sometimes it doesn't feel good to be right. <laughs> and this is probably the only time that it doesn't feel good to be right. Um, do you think that this gives us true closure on this case? And what do you think happens next? I think what happens next is that it does give us closure because when, especially when something makes such widespread media, it it's like you get invested into the story and uh, being invested in the story, you want to see that closure. And also moving forward as someone who would or would not potentially be a future criminal, I would never write on paper. Tell me you watch Snapped without telling me you watch Snapped. <laughs> <laughs> Don't write in a notebook. I mean, I'll say I wanted closure. This, this was my problem. When we found out he was dead because I wanted closure from him. So I was I was irritated by that because I didn't like that he took the easy way out. Yeah. And this is this is closure. This isn't closure for a TV generation who watch these true crime things and you get to know every detail of what happened and what unraveled this. So in that respect, no, we, we don't have that, but we do have, like you said, our suspicions confirmed that he did do it. Um, or did, so. do, it's, it's crazy too, without actually having the actual person alive to tell the story and actually admit to it. Then you wonder if there's some weird conspiracy that we'll find out 10 years later that somebody set him up to commit suicide and make that a store. You see what I'm saying? So it's just really like you said, it's the easy way out and doesn't give us full closure, because what if it was somebody that actually murdered both of them? I know that's not it, but you never know. Well, that's one theory. The other theory, conspiracy theory would be what if he's not dead? That's Leah's. Leah's, <laughs> Leah's started that one and she's sticking to it. What if he fled? Because they to haven't Mexico? found his body. 
or Canada. Well, they found a skull. Bones consist remains consistent with the DNA of Brian Laundrie. Al- although they never really told us what they found. They, I think they said like partial skull, partial this, partial that teeth. We weren't really sure. And when when people are loose with details, it I feel like there's always a reason why. You know, it's because it feels like you're hiding something or there's some sort of secret. It's like the Jeffrey Epstein story, too. Like, remember with his uh, suicidal? Does anyone have any final thoughts before we skedaddle on to our next case? I'm really sorry for staying skedaddle. I just it's it was right there. (laughs) It's all right. We're all I get it. I just hope that, you know, the family is able to heal. Because uh, these type of people don't understand about crime. It has long lasting effects on people. So then it also it, it, it hurts them in the inside. But also they're not the person they're used. They used to be. So then that hurt can kind of trickle down to their children and other people in their life. And it could just be a whole disaster because in the past we've seen uh, parents lose a child. And because they lose that child their their marriage they it actually ends in divorce because of all the tragic stuff of the shoulda coulda wouldas and what if and why didn't we see the signs and it's it can just really be a heavy weight on the family mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> absolutely and okay guys we're gonna take a quick break before we go to our last case for today we will brb i gotta stop saying brb Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to Real Time Crime. 
I just like for everyone to know that I did not have a coffee today, even though it is approximately 1 p.m. And that is because I forgot to go to Trader Joe's yesterday. So this is on me and I have no one to blame but myself. But this is also why I somehow forgot how to read. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> tell, tell me you're a white girl in a white turtleneck without telling me. I didn't have coffee because I didn't get a chance to go to Trader Joe's yesterday. Holy crap. Oh, no, I'm really okay, stereotyped sorry, today. All right. <laughs> I didn't get to go to Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, or Erewhon. <laughs> it's just... All right. I If anyone does want to split an Erewhon membership with me, though, please DM me. I'm all for it. It's $100 each, and we get 10% off every receipt. I mean, come on. It's a deal. Tell me you're Jewish without telling me you're Jewish. Okay. Guys, this next case was actually the suggestion from our voicemail from last week. And I'm so glad that this case was brought to our attention because it deserves more attention. I hadn't even heard about it. This is the Tamla Horsford case. Okay, so Tamla was a 40-year-old mother of five from Cummings, Georgia. She was born in St. Vincent and the Grenadines in 1978. And then her family moved to the Bronx in 1989. Love a New York girl. And she was the life of the party. She liked to laugh, dance, have fun. She was a bright, shining light. Okay, so obviously we know that there was a mystery around her death. And in Forsyth County in the city of Cummings, Georgia, on November 4th, 2018, her body was discovered dead at the homeowner's boyfriend in her friend's backyard after a, quote, adult sleepover slash birthday party with, quote, other football moms. She arrived at the party around 8.30 p.m. And she arrived with a bottle of tequila, I'm seeing a lot of through lines with bottles of tequila. Do people just need mm. to stop drinking tequila? Yeah, it sounds like the potential victim. Um, she arrived with a bottle of tequila, a small overnight bag, and changed into white onesie pajamas covered in paw prints shortly after she got there. Cute. The party held the evening of November 3rd, 2018, was originally meant to be all women. But Myers's boyfriend, Jose Barrera, and Tom Smith, the husband of another attendee, ended up sticking around. Okay, in the end, the group who advocates for Horsford would later be dubbed the Forsyth 12, including nine women, two men, and one husband who, according to police interviews, only dropped off and picked up his wife. They drank, watched football, played Cards Against Humanity, fun game. Okay, they had photographs and videos of her watching the game, smiling, super happy. So guests who weren't spending the night began to leave around 11.30 p.m., while those who were staying trickled off to bed over the next couple's, couple of hours. She went outside to smoke a cigarette on the back porch around 2 a.m. And the last person to see her was Bridget Fuller, who was picked up by her husband at 1.47 a.m. Over the next 10 minutes, the home security system registered the back door opening, closing, and then opening again for the last time at 1.57 a.m. Around 8.45 the next morning, Madeline Lombardi, Myers' aunt who lived at the house, headed into the kitchen make her, making her cup of coffee in the morning. And they called. she called just before 9 a.m. to 911. And she said she's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. She's completely face down in the yard. She is stiff. And Myers and Barrera are also on the line. The sheriff's department ruled an accident due to acute ethanol intoxication, heavily drinking, saying she fell off the second story balcony. She was apparently three times over the legal limit to drive. Okay, so the case, family and friends are not convinced that this was an accident and they ordered a second independent autopsy because her injuries seemed inconsistent with an accident. She had a cut on her wrist, which the sheriff says was self-inflicted, which is odd because that would imply suicide. And, uh, you know, that's, I don't know, that's just kind of an odd statement there. Mm -hmm. And according to the op autopsy, it showed blunt force trauma to her head, neck, torso, extremities, including abrasions on the face, four types of hemorrhages in the skull and brain, dislocation of the right wrist, and cuts on her arms and legs. And the most notable thing was that when she was turned over, the fact that she had come to rest face down, her head was not turned to one side or the other. Her legs were found extended behind her with both feet pointing to the right, her right arm close to her body. Her left arm was found extended and bent at the elbow. And 
one of the fellow party attendees, Stacy Stacy Smith, expressed doubt that she could have fallen. She said that she's been on the deck a million times, and she said she's looked, she's tried, and she was testing a theory that it, uh, that she was drunk and leaned over to vomit but went too far, and she said, I just don't understand. So then suspicions were raised further in February 2019 when Jose, the parole officer and boyfriend of the homeowner, was fired after he used his position to illegally access the Horsford incident report and name record for Myers via the records management system database, a.k.a. questionably tampering with evidence. Mm. We don't know. Later that month, seven of the individuals present the night of the incident, including Myers and Barrera, sued Graves for defamation, pointing to Facebook posts accusing them of being responsible for her death. So T.I. and 50 Cent posted about the story, bringing attention to it. The case was reignited after um, Ahmed Arbery case in Georgia, tweeting hashtag justice for Tamla. Although I will be honest, I never saw this hashtag. I never saw it either. I never but I saw- did hear about the story and I thought it was very odd. Yeah. Also, the fact that she was face down and her head wasn't to a side. If you fall off a balcony, you're not your face is not going to be perfectly landed center into the concrete unless it's absolutely smashed. Right. I also have a question. They said so the they said the door opened, the security system for the door open, closed, opened. Was that a door on the second story balcony or was that down below? The other thing is, if she mm-hmm. fell off the balcony, right, I assume, and I, this is not my area of expertise, obviously, but I assume she would have fallen close to the house. Then they said the person, the aunt was like making coffee the next day and saw her in the yard, which would lead me to believe it was further out from the house in order to spot it. I don't know, obviously, what the house right. looks like, but these things, not, this stuff just doesn't add up to me. Yeah, it doesn't add up to me either. Also, 911 was, was called 14 minutes after the people at the party found her body does that seem like who timed it yeah that that's another weird thing too who timed it (laughs) if they're all at the party sticking together who timed the 14 minutes also true but but also is that a long amount of time to wait before calling 911 if you find someone dead absolutely if i found someone dead i'm calling within two minutes Mm-hmm. of like oh shit they're dead okay let me call the police that yeah, I feel like... Like... but I don't think that 14 minutes really mattered because whoever knew she was dead knew she was dead from the previous night before right because this is allegedly a murder because it's just it's just too much foul play of it's like the cut on the wrist and the wrist being broken is like in conjunction to someone holding your wrist to, and then mm-hmm. it's just like and then those two men there, it seemed like a setup. And, and, and they... I tell you, as an adult, I'm not spending the night over nobody's house talking <laughs> about a sleepover. That That's odd to me, too. It sounds like a setup. Because mm-hmm. why are all these kid, people, grown-ass people, having a sleepover in their 40s and, and you're going to different... How big is this house? It sounds like a Home Alone house. Like, how big <laughs> is this house? Who, they all got rooms? Are they sleeping in rooms together? What... This don't make no sense. No, and family attorney from the law offices of Fernandez and Alvarez said in a statement saying that homicide is a strong possibility. It appears that she was possibly involved in a struggle and potentially that the body had been handled before the police arrived and that well, the subject is a friend absolutely. of the case agent. And they also said that when they found her, they were like, oh, she was already dead. Her body was stiff. So they clearly had touched the body. So already right there, I don't know if they lifted or they've already, you know, touched the crime scene. So who knows at that point? What I also find interesting is I don't know what where this falls. But so the other cases we were talking about, the one with the Bumble date and stuff, no details at all. And this one starts off with the the what was on her pajamas. What was like just so much. I don't know. Like, where does that come into play here? There seems like there's so much other stuff that should be figured out here as opposed to distracting us with paw prints on her on her white onesie jammies or whatever yeah i mean i think the other thing that's very bizarre again is is that they waited 14 minutes which i mean in my opinion could mean a variety of different things but is it that they were 
creating some sort of fake scenario and, and putting on a big act. Oh, my God, what happened? Oh, you know, pretending that they didn't murder her. Or, you know, was everyone just in so much shock that they couldn't get to their phones and this was really an accident? You know, everyone was so freaked out. I mean, I don't know if this is an accident or not, obviously. I so. but. 14 minutes is a long time to wait. I mean, I've never even been with a man who could last 14 minutes. So I'm a little jealous, but you know, some people can wait longer than others. <laughs> <laughs> All of this happened. I'm, I'm interested in knowing like, how does, how do these people normally post on social media? Because they say it was a lot of stories of Tamala looking very happy and stuff like that in some of the stories and stuff because yeah. uh, grown adults and having to sleep are you really doing a lot of story especially the ages of these people so are you really posting a lot of stories of you guys having fun and stuff it seems like it was premeditated so I'm just interested to see their their social media posting history are they the type that always show like the memories that they're having in the moments like yeah posting to my story oh we're having fun or did they just do it for this moment? Right. That's good. Because also, this could have been premeditated. It mm. could have been, this could even branch off into an affair. And it was a, it's a confrontation between the husband liking her, Tamala. And it's like, they set the two guys up to be, this could be a whole thing. And it might not just have something to do with all of this stuff is just accidental. Like, why were the two men there? Why isn't mm -hmm. that being explained? Uh, because if so, I'm pretty sure Tamla would have brought her husband. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So mm -hmm. why is it? I, I don't want to show up to a sleepover that I think is going to be all women. And two men are there. And I'm in my pajamas and stuff like that. That might be an uncomfortable moment. I'm not saying this is what ignited what potentially happened. But also, like, what is the history of a lot of things that's going on? Like, especially the social media is really bothering me. And what's interesting is that the guy said, they said that guy accessed the files um, without permission or whatever, unauthorized. And then they said the case was reopened in July, 2021, but then quickly closed. To me, because that doesn't matter. you said they were up. friends. Right. So mm -hmm. you're, you're opening this case up and then it's closing right away. Like, and I think, I feel like the, the paperwork and stuff to open a case again, you open it, you're going to do some stuff, but to have it shut down right away to me is suspicious. And another thing that's been br brought to media attention lately is the fact that um, black women that go missing aren't getting widespread media coverage. And especially in these towns that are predominantly white. And that particular city in Georgia has a population of 80 percent white and four percent black people. So with that being said, it's very easy to be dismissive, especially when certain people of that 12 know the know the people that's the the police and all these other other like law enforcement people or people that are uh over the case mm -hmm. absolutely i also i have another question do you think that you would hear the sound of a body falling from a balcony it depends on if everybody i think you would but it depends on how hammered everybody was but they said the ant lived there but it doesn't say that the ant was partying with everybody so i mean it's yeah i mean there's Obviously, like, endless questions. I just think, well, I guess it was 2 a.m. is what they're saying. But if you hear the sound of a body thud, somewhat, there are 12 people there, 11, 10 people there. No one heard it. Well, it could be. A, I, I don't know if I can stand on that one with you, Leah, because that could be a quick <laughs> boom. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like anything could be. Sometimes you think you hear something and you just like going about your business, too. So it's not as 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 much as like a gunshot, you know what I mean? Something That's that you true. know is distinctive, uh, especially depending. And, and what's ironic to me too, is these were all white people. Where the hell was the dog? It was no dog around. And they left the door open. Wouldn't the dog go out there and see the body and bark? Now this shit is becoming real suspicious because where is the dog? Why don't they have a dog? And why isn't the dog barking at a dead body or a body that's bent over? Because wouldn't they let the dog out to go use the bathroom? And then it said the door, the sliding door opened, then it closed and then it opened. So it left. Why didn't the dog go investigate the body? So you're saying that there was no dog and that is suspicious. Where's the so, dog? So I don't know if they this, have one or not. 
if, if a house full of white people don't have a dog, then it's possible they've been plotting a murder for years, is to your point. Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other thing that's interesting is they didn't note at all during this case that they were eating because, honestly, white people don't know how to cook. Sorry. <laughs> I eat white people food all the time. It's pretty tasty. I know. I honestly, my mom's a great pepper. cook. But I, I don't really consider Jews white. I'm like, no, nah, I'm off-white. There's a difference. Um, <laughs> also, you know, when you think about the screen door opening and closing and opening, it just makes everything even more suspicious. Uh, it's yeah, you're you're come. Someone went in. Someone went out. Someone back in. Someone's going over the balcony. No one's going over the balcony. Someone's getting beat up. Then they're carrying her body downstairs. I mean, ten I thought- minutes. Uh, ten minutes after the last person that was leaving that night left. And then how are you coherent enough to actually smoke a cigarette, but also trip over a balcony? So you can actually take and light a cigarette because it gets a little nippy at night in Georgia. So you're actually able to take because, you know, you probably had to do it a couple of times. You can do all of this motion. And, and But you're too drunk and you fall over a balcony. Now, that's not adding up either. Where's the cigarette? The cigarette can tell a lot of tales. Was the cigarette still on the balcony? Mm-hmm. Was it down below where she fell? Where was the cigarette? I'm going to not agree with this one only because in my drinking days, I was a pro at literally everything when I was drunk. So, (laughs) But did you ever fall to your death? Not that we know of, unless this is heaven Mm. (laughs) or hell. I mean, we don't know where I'm going to end up or prison. Should I be so Mm. lucky? You guys, it's time to wrap up with some final thoughts before we close for today. Dimitri, Daphnique, any final thoughts for us? About anything at all? (laughs) The meaning of life? I feel like we did a nice job of raising a lot of questions um, with some of these cases because like we said with the Brian Laundry thing, we don't like when there's not closure on these things, right? And I think so many of these cases seem to be lacking simple questions that we came up with. And so I think it's, it's a nice, obviously it was a nice conversation with both of you to, to go through these things and be like, Hey, what's up with this stuff? And hopefully, you know what? I know this isn't TikTok, but maybe someone's going to hear this and, and kind of raise these questions and we can get some. Dimitri, you're so road. right. We don't like being literally ghosted on a case. We mm. need closure. Ugh, and that, that was such a stupid, but I'm sure. <laughs> I felt it was fitting. Thank you. I wanted to say my final cases would be to all the black listeners out there. Be careful when you're around your white friends and you're drinking tequila. Be very careful. Maybe drink vodka or wine or Hennessy or something like that. But tequila and hanging with white people just don't mix. (laughs) So nice PSA is a, the more, you know, the more, you know, (laughs) well, Daphne, it has been so lovely. such a treat having you on the podcast today. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me all over the internet. Uh, to find everything in one place is my website, uh, www.iamdsprings.com. I am D Springs. Love that. And please follow her on TikTok and Instagram. She's hilarious and she's always doing stand up. So make sure to check her tour dates. And for all our fellow social sleuths out there, feel free to leave us a voicemail. You know the drill 866 21 crime. That's 866-21-CRIME. 866-21-CRIME. That's 866-212-7463. Let us know if you got a story that you want us to investigate or, you know, give us our, our two cents on. Uh, I have usually one cent and Dimitri has. Combined. <laughs> Combined we can come up with two. Uh, Daphne brought two all two cents today. We were just we we're kind of empty handed today. So I appreciate that, Daphne. I'm a silver linings guy. And if the pandemic brought us anything, at least it, it introduced you to. So thank you. True. Okay, you guys, we love you. Stay safe out there. See you next week. Bye. 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 It's real time crime. It's real time crime. It's real. I mean, is it actually real time crime? Are we solving anything? I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. 
Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts 